Hey, mates, it's Chris, the Dirty Pirate, and welcome to ABW Live. No, ABW Podcast. Yes, uh, it gets confusing when you see videos, boys and girls. It's a new season, still finding our feet. And we're back with a special today because um, Arsenal have signed another player. I know, shock horror. Um, and uh, it might surprise you to know who this player is because we've only been kind of linked with him for about eight weeks or so now. But uh, it has finally been done. So without further ado, let me introduce my special guest for this evening. It's a man I know very well, resplendent in his France training shirt, which I also own. It should have been one of the kits, really, shouldn't it? But uh, good evening to Mr. Jeremy Smith. How are you doing, Jez? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Good, good. I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Yes, we're we're back to back pod duties here tonight. Uh, we've just recorded our um, our French football weekly pod, and now here we are on ABW. So, thank you for your time. Um, so, why have we got you on tonight? Well, pretty straightforward. Arsenal have indeed completed the signing of Gabriel Magalish. I believe is how you pronounce it. Could be completely wrong. We'll go with Gabriel. So, we wanted to get uh, your good self on just to give us a bit of a breakdown as to what kind of a player that you think he is, uh, could be, potential ceiling, etc., and so on. So I want to kind of break this down into individual chunks. Firstly, is it a good deal for Arsenal, in your opinion? I think it is. I think he's a, he's a really impressive defender. The, the little, to be fair, the little we've seen of him, which is kind of 18 months worth, which is, so it's kind of, still early days in, in terms of a professional career, but certainly what he's shown in that 18 months in the little first team is really impressive. And at still only, I think, 22, there's there's still a lot of um, scope for him to sort of hit his peak. So I think it's a really good one for the future. Not Sorry, not by for the future. I mean, he's ready for the first team right now, but, you know, he can be in, that, in the first team for a hell of a lot of years to come. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and in terms of, of his uh, sort of, um, how do we put this, his introduction period, obviously we've signed William Salibar, who, who is likely to be his partner probably alongside a David Luiz in a, in a three. A lot of people, I think, have kind of scooted over this idea that he's played in a three before because he kind of hasn't really, has he? He's mainly been in uh, a structured Lille back two with Jose Font last season, which is where he got his break. Um, and a lot of people might not realise he wasn't actually a, a thing, shall we say, at Lille in terms of chances until last season, went on loan to Croatia. So do you um, do you think his transition into playing in a three, if that is what Arsenal do, would you think that'll be any sort of an issue? Or, or do you think he is he's designed to be in a two? Uh, it shouldn't be. I think, I mean, I always feel like most, most centre backs are designed to play in a two, but and certainly um, Saliba has got a little more experience in a three because uh, Puel changed it up a bit at Saint Etienne last year. But Gabriel, he's played plays centre back. He has played left back needed when he's needed to fill in there. He's even played defensive midfield. So I think he's got a very good football brain on him. So I don't see any reason at all why he shouldn't be able to to sort of transition to a back three. Yeah, yeah, same, same with me. And and in terms of the player himself, um, we've all read the articles, and and you know, there's a lot of people that have, have said various different things. But I always like to go with the eye test, and and you and I both watch our fair share of the good old Farmers League. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, in, he has been in good in in Liga, and certainly was last season playing for Lille as a player. What what are Arsenal getting? What's his kind of key attributes? What what are the goods? And and by all means, highlight some of the weaknesses as well. I mean, first of all, he's left-footed, and and certainly 
there's a lot of managers, Didier Deschamps, the obvious one, who, who likes to have that sort of right foot, left foot balance in your in the central defence. And I think that does help. That does give a bit of balance there. So I think that's already an advantage. And there aren't that many sort of really top class left footed centre backs around at the moment. Um, but apart from that, I mean, really, it's the full package and it's just a case of improving each of those areas. He's strong. He's good in the air, reads the game well, very good tackler, good passer as well. He's not really going to dribble it out, but he's got a very good pass, particularly a sort of good long diagonal pass or sort of chip pass over the top with a bit of backspin for players to run onto. So I think he can do a bit of everything. And I mean, I, I've said before, I'm not a big fan of David Luiz and a lot of Arsenal fans who have kind of defending him has said, yeah, yeah, OK, he, make, he makes his defensive mistakes, but it doesn't matter because the crucial thing is that he's a good passer and he sort of sets us off on attacks. Or Gabriel, I think you've got both. You've got the good defender and the good passer. Um, I think he's got a good temperament. Um, you know, he, he came from Brazil at only sort of 18, 19 years old, had to deal with a couple of setbacks, not making the little team straight away being shipped on loan to Troyes and getting relegated with them, although he didn't play much for them. Then, as you said, loan to Zagreb as well. So he's already travelled around a lot and shown good character to to break into the Lille team and even sort of um, dislodge the, the club captain for, from the from the first team, which is no mean feat. So I, I think, you know, again, he's only 22. He's only been in the first team for 18 months or so, but... He's sort of passed every test that he's 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 come up against, and at such a young age, you can only see him getting better. Yeah, yeah, a good ceiling, a good ceiling on him in terms of the future. I appreciate you you haven't lived with him and, and made his eggs in the morning, but in terms of his character, what um, what sort of qualities do you think he, he has there? Because Mikel Arteta has spoken of his his potential sort of leadership uh, qualities or potential to have those and, and grow those playing alongside David Luiz for all its sort of ums and ahs, shall we say one thing Luiz is, is, is a big character in the dressing room and he's, he's very much a leader and a, and a big personality. Do you feel like we will be able to sort of adapt that with, with Gabriel in terms of his qualities as, as a person, as a player, is he quite an introvert or is he more extrovert on the pitch? I think he's, he's, he seems relatively introvert, I think. I think maybe like if you're playing a three with, with Louise and Saliba, you've sort of got the whole spectrum there. Like Louise obviously is, as you said, quite an extrovert and you know, certainly by all accounts a, a really good guy and, and a good person to be around. Saliba, I think we've spoken before about the fact that for one so young, he really does have a you know real strength of character and, and confidence. Um, that that sort of you can you can see from the outside. I think Gabriel is probably more sort of inner confidence, but I think Arteta is is one of those who very much you know certainly you see it in his handling of the likes of Ozil and Guendouzi. That I think character is as important to him as as footballing ability, and and I think Lille as well. Over the last two three years, they they've sort of amassed a very nice squad like that decent characters within the team, no nastiness or anything like that, which I think for the most part has, has been very good for them. If there have been any hints of of, of maybe a bit of attitude, and we might speak about Bubakari Sumare later, then you know, that they have sort of dropped out of the team. So I think he's fitted well into that Lille setup. And I think if Arteta's running a, a similar ship, Gabriel will fit in well. Um, although he seems sort of 
I think he's got a sort of quiet authority. Again, it's it's hard to say because he's a relative novice and he's been playing alongside a sort of more natural leader and much more experienced player in, in, in Jose Font. But certainly Gabriel, you know, seems to know what he's doing and, and happy to kind of marshal the defence alongside Font as well. Um, he's during at the beginning of lockdown, he did a whole set of sort of um, kind of homebound exercises like a series on, on Lekip. So he's kind of a good sport and was happy to to do that, which I guess takes a little bit of, of confidence to, to be happy to to sort of, um, I guess, sort of open open yourself up a little bit to, to public attention in that way. So I don't have any issues in terms of, of temperament. Discipline-wise, not too bad at all. For a centre-back, you, you know, you, you probably would expect quite a lot of bookings and, and a couple of red cards as you're starting off your career. He hasn't really done that either. So um, I just, yeah, I think he'll fit into the team well. I think with the likes of Louis there, he'll be given the chance to kind of find his place and, and grow that sort of stature and authority himself. And he does seem the type that as he, as he feels more settled and more comfortable, he'll definitely sort of come out of his shell more and become more of a leader. Yeah, yeah. Based upon his sort of, again, you can only tell so much from social media, but his his Instagram in particular, he seems like quite a family man as well, like quite close to his family, much in the way that Aubameyang seems to be. And it, it strikes me that he's he's a sort of guy who is very grounded and, and is quite happy with what he's achieved in his career. And this is the next logical step. Um, and for, of course, for what it's worth as well, I mean, I, I don't know how much is down to him or his people or Arsenal's people, but I thought his Twitter game last night was very good. Yeah, sort of, yeah it was. Signing thank Lil and then say London is red yeah 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 it's always a good thing always a good thing to come in yeah and and he turned down some some pretty good offers elsewhere I mean Napoli were were very keen um we're sending them Socrates for for an apology which is nice of us um I believe Manchester United were sniffing towards the end as well um two two things I just want to address there was one Twitter account that that piped up late in the day yesterday and and said there was some current concerns over the medical and that he had I can't something like grade three knees or something. I've never heard this ever before in my life. I, I I don't know if it was trolling or not. I really don't. But he's not had a bad injury record, has he? That we're aware of. There's no concerns there. No, I mean certainly since he's broken into the Lille team, he's been pretty much ever present. Um, maybe they're getting muddled up with their Nabil Fakir tweets or something. I don't know. <laughs> he's got one knee basically. Yeah, <laughs> what a, what a knee, but one knee. Yeah. Now I, I did think that was a bit strange. And the only thing, any any weaknesses? I mean, my my observations just in a year of of watching him, slight. He has that tendency to maybe get beat, beat, beaten in the air a little bit too much for my liking. Just in terms of that, for a big strong lad, I did notice he was he was getting beaten in the air by centre forwards a bit. Not alarmingly so, but just an area of, uh, of to work on, and maybe a slightly overconfident at times. But I guess that's the youth in the player. Is that fair on both both grounds? Yeah, I, the overconfidence I haven't noticed too much. I think that the aerial thing is, I mean, that seems to be a sort of endemic problem in French football. I just, I don't, I don't think that they're, you know, you see, you probably remember it going back years to Henri, but they're not necessarily the, the greatest headers of the ball in, in that league. So it's probably not something he's worked on too much, but he's got the height and he's got the strength. So if it's, you know, if, if that's seen as a weakness, I definitely think it's something you can, that can be improved with, with, you know, focused practice at Arsenal. Other than that, I just, I think, 
you know, for me, the main weakness probably is just the fact that there's a relative lack of experience. And, and so that early on in, in someone's career, it can still go either way, I guess. But yeah. um, as I said, he's, you know, he's already adjusted to moving to a new conf- continent, to, to already living in a couple of different countries. And, and I think it takes, you know, as Bengo always said, you've got to give a player, I think it was a good year or 18 months to really acclimatise to, to, to a new league or to the Premier League. I think you'd expect a centre-back to acclimatise quicker than a forward. But, um, you know, as long as Arsenal fans are patient and, and give him that, that little period of time to to settle in, same for Saliba, then I think it's worth the investment. And, you know, maybe even a couple of early growing pains, you've got two quality centre-backs that, that could be sort of, um, you know, uh, sort of the building building planks of, of your defence for the next decade or so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the joke you made there about Arsenal fans and patience. That was a good one. Um, thanks for that one. Uh, but yeah, I suppose football fans in general don't have any patience now, unless you know, unless they're Pele from the day they walk in the door. They've we've got somebody to find something wrong with someone. But no, I'm, I completely agree. And I think in terms of the aerial thing, like you say, the modern game is far less aerial. I think it's fair to say, and it was ten years ago. You don't have the Alan Shearers, the Les Ferdinands of this world, unless you're sort of playing Burnley or you know a, t- a team of that ilk it's not quite so much of an issue i don't think and i i would imagine like you say they'll have you you'd think structured training plans to help him with that area um and, and as you said yourself one thing that people have really highlighted with saliba is, is he's a big lad as is gabriel they're not small defenders they're they're properly tall and stocky so hopefully that will integrate nicely um, the final thing I want to touch on with regards to Gabriel as well is, I think you did mention it earlier on, but do you see him coming in as first choice pretty much from the off? Arsenal have got this collection of 463,000 centre-backs at the moment. I think one or two might be moving on in the next few days. You mentioned Socrates and Rob Holding is on the verge of a move to Newcastle. But do you see it's sort of Gabriel coming straight into the side as we kick off potentially against uh, Fulham next week? There's no reason why he shouldn't. He's been, like I said, a fixture in in a team who's been near the top of of league. And you know, last year they they had a fantastic season. Um, they did well in the sorry the, the year before um, where he he played for the second half of the season. They finished, I think, second. They qualified for Champions League. He played well in those Champions League matches. And you know, on paper, you look at Lille's results and they're pretty disappointing. But actually, I think they they left a few points out there. I think their performances are more impressive than than the results suggest. Um, and then last year as well, contending with that that sort of dual challenge of Champions League and Liga. They they made a good fist of it in Liga and you know I'm sure if the season had finished they'd have qualified for Champions League again, the momentum they were building at the end. And he was a, a crucial part of that, part of the you know, part of the defence and in a team that had to make big adjustments because of two or three important players leaving, like Pepe obviously, for example. Um he was one of the one of the main players who sort of, you know, kept things ticking along while the while the other new players adjusted. So I don't see any reason why he shouldn't fit straight into the Arsenal first team. Um, I had, I would understand if people took the view that maybe bringing him and Saliba straight into the team um, might be a slight risk. Um, probably, if I had to start one of the two straight away, I'd probably go with Gabriel. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they're, they're both pretty much first team ready straight from the off. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like you. I think with Mustafi is is injured as well, and although he performed quite well at the end of the season, you would imagine that that David Luiz is the ever present, and then the other two, ideally one either side, would make perfect sense to integrate them in, which allows you to move Curantini back to left back, and who knows who the right back will be, as our right back is is currently, um, if you believe what you hear, in talks with a certain Parisian club. So we'll see where where that goes. Um, while we've got you on be uh, foolish for me to not mention a couple of other things that are, are, are jumping around the the tabloids and indeed the French press about other players from Liga that, that are interesting Arsenal. Um, just before I kind of go into that, there was one other thing I wanted to address actually on Gabriel that's just come to mind. Um, our friends over at the Guna Talk um, podcast, which Tom runs um, fantastically well, uh, was asked me to sort of ask you, um, when when he found out we were having this chat about Benoit Badia-Chile and there's a lot of, a lot of talk that Manchester United were sniffing around him for a while and, and his argument was just sort of simply is his uh, career path or his progression on a higher curve than someone like Gabriel's for, for similar money or is he a bit too raw? Do you, do you even see comparisons between the two? I think for him, really, it is too early to say. I mean, he's he's played so little. It was actually Ori who sort of brought him into the Monaco first team. And then, obviously, Ori was shipped out quite soon after. And Jardim, weirdly, after sort of having all his success with young players, suddenly didn't fancy them anymore. And, and Chuck Badishide, I can't remember if it was on loan or back into the youth team. So he's only now breaking back into the, into the Monaco first team. And... I mean, his, I suppose in the two matches so far, it's been relatively mixed. He scored important goals in both matches this season, but also shown um, a little bit of defensive frailty. So there's huge potential there. Again, he's strong, he's tall, he's he's got confidence without it sort of being misplaced confidence. Um, and certainly there's a lot of potential, but... I think it's too early to be able to say whether in 18 months' time we'll be looking back and saying, you know, he's, he's better than Gabriel. For me, Gabriel looks more more for package at the moment, but that could well change. Yeah, yeah, well said. It was um, Arteta Ballers FC at Craig 41 who asked the question, so I'll just give him a, a nudge for that. So hopefully that addresses your question there, Craig. Um, the other players we were just going to mention, um, one that has has been ongoing for a while now, uh, is is Husa Mawa, who's um, caused a bit of a... Well, he hasn't caused a bit of a stir, but there's, there's a few things dotted around the internet at the moment which are sort of almost fighting over each other about who Arsenal should go for, whether it's him or Thomas Partey, whether he's creative or whether he's not, whether he's good enough, whether he's not, blah, 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 blah. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, personally, that, that he is more than good enough for Arsenal. And we missed out on the aforementioned Nabil Fakir, um, do you see Husamawa his next move? Because it does look as though Leon are, are looking to sell him on with his value being as high as it is. But kind of two questions in one, really. His price tag being touted around is sort of between 50 and 60 million euros, which I think is a bit low. And that leads me on to my other point is, is he, do you think he's, he's an Arsenal level player? Or do you think, I hate saying this, but is he actually a cut above Arsenal? Is he sort of more Juventus, Manchester City standard? Um, in terms of price, I've seen 50 to 70. So mm. I suppose it depends what end of that spectrum. And, and also, I guess, maybe depending on who he goes to, where there's going to be add-ons and what kind of bonuses. My issue with Awa, I think he's a fantastic player. It just depends which Awa you get. Um, because, you know, I, I think 
to to be at the very top level is not just about playing at the best of your ability, but it's about turning that that ability on every week. And for me, he hasn't done that yet. If we can, if any, whoever he goes to, if they can get that consistency out of him, make sure he plays at his best every week, doesn't only turn it on against the good teams, sort of brings the team with him rather than sinks to the level of the rest of the team if they're having an off day. He needs to be, I think, a lot more proactive and a lot more consistent. But if he gets to his best level week in, week out, then he's a superb player. And I think, I actually think in He's one of those players where it's not necessarily about the level of team. It's probably more about the style of play. Mm. Um, and in that sense, I think he would fit into, well into an Arsenal team. I think he'd fit well into a City team or, you know, the old Barcelona team before before the current <laughs> problems. Juventus, I'm not so sure he's, he fits their style, even though they, they, they seem to be... It's often suggested they're favourites to sign him. I'm, I'm not convinced about that. I just think he's a, he's a beautiful player that, that at his best he can play anywhere across the midfield, a little bit further forward, a little bit back if he needs to, and just very much a sort of I think he plays number eight, which is probably slightly homage to to Juninho, but he is a number eight sort of player where he's just the transition player who just keeps everything moving very very smoothly. Um, also good timing to pop up with, you know, with an assist or with an important goal. But more likely, he's going to come up with the pre-assist and, mm. you know, open things up and break lines for for other others to then kind of do the business and, and get the headlines at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Arsenal play in, in the style that would suit him. I think, funnily enough, I think, I mean, you could say the same about Guardiola, I guess, but I think Arteta arguably could be the perfect coach for him because I think he plays a similar kind of football to the to the football Arteta played. He's got a little bit of a side to him, and he do, you know he does put in a tackle. Um, he can score as well, but I think he's more that that I think Arteta as well was that player who just kept everything moving in the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so arguably, he if anyone can get the best out of him and and really make sure that he plays to his strengths, it is Arteta. Mm. But obviously there's, again, with, you know, I feel comfortable saying it because you said it, but with respect to Arsenal, there's clubs who are sort of seen as bigger or certainly have got more pulling power at the moment who are also being talked about. Um, you know, obviously if City bring in Messi, for example, I don't know how that leaves them in the, with FFP. Um, presumably, whatever it is, they'll appeal and get away with it anyway. So, <laughs> I was <gonna> say that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think wherever Awa goes, I think it's kind of the world is his oyster, but I do think he needs to um, show a slight. I'm not saying he's got a bad attitude, I just I sense that sometimes he's got a lazy attitude. And I think he needs to improve that aspect of his game more than the pure football aspect. If he can do that, then I think he'll be one of the best midfielders in the world. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Again, a player with unlimited ceiling, if, if he wants it, everything is there in his game. Um, and and a, a great comparison, actually, because somebody was saying to me, I was talking in DMs to somebody the other day, and I should have tweeted it, really, because I can't really do that now because you've made the point. I don't want to steal it from you, but they asked me if he was bit of an Aaron Ramsey and I said well if anything he's more of a Mikel Arteta like exactly a brilliant comparison that the manager who's trying to sign him is almost trying to sign a player of his ilk so yeah I, I completely agree with that um, and I, th- I, I would love to see it and for those saying it's him or Partey I'm saying nah it, it's both because Partey is a completely different type of player um, and, and a more physical player but with the ability to drive from deep 
I think I think people sort of think that Partey is just this big hulking great bloke who's going to be our Vieira. He's far more than that, but I don't think he's the same sort of player as, as our would be. Um, in terms of, of Partey, if we don't go down that route, there's now been opening up of, of channels between us and Lille once again. Uh, it's not a return for Pascal Sigan, people would be disappointed to hear, but there is some talk of Bubakas Samare. Now, this one's been kind of bubbling for a couple of summers now. He was linked heavily with Manchester United last year as well, if I'm not mistaken. I think Spurs had issued an interest as well, but he doesn't sign for Tim Bob Clubs, so that's irrelevant. What's the um, what's the thought on him? Because uh, he seems like a player who he pops up all the time in people's mentions, but I get the impression that he's one of those that people haven't really seen enough of to, to judge, if you know what I mean. People are people have got lots of opinions, but they haven't really seen him. So what, what do you make of him as a player? Yeah, I, th- I think he's sort of, you know, we're talking about Badia Shile. It's a similar kind of thing, just be- because of social media and the way modern football is, that, that people talk about these, these young kids, barely before they've done anything. They sort of got a reputation that's based, I don't know if it's based on FIFA or just rumours or whatever, before they've actually done much on the pitch. Sumare started off at PSG and is yet another sort of young player who was shipped out of there or decided to leave. Um, And he's been at Lille, he's sort of been there or thereabouts for the last three seasons. The first two of them was more sort of substitute appearances. Um, Then last year, he really broke into the first team, was pretty much a fixture for the first half of the season and then sort of vanished. And I think it was more about off-the-pitch off issues because um, Lille basically agreed to sell him to Newcastle. He refused to go. They said, well, you know, you and your people have been pushing for, for a big transfer. Now you're sort of backtracking and, you know, there's a little bit of sort of blame game or whatever. Whatever the reasons, he didn't get back into the first team really or again was only appearing off the bench um so either you know that there was some kind of break in the relationship or it was felt that he you know maybe his performances or his potential isn't so great that they're going to sort of forgive the for the the off-field lapses so it's still difficult to say because you could say he still only had sort of half a season as a first-team player under his belt. But what he's shown for a young player, and you, you can't get sort of, it's hard to get those consistent performances every single week, but the the potential that he's got is absolutely massive. And you mentioned Vieira earlier and, and the sort of wrong comparisons with Partey. I think Sumare, a comparison to Vieira, isn't entirely unfair. It might be a bit premature, but... That one makes a lot more sense to me. I mean, he's more of a defensive midfield, defensive to box to box. He doesn't seem to be interested at all in the attacking side of the game, although he's got a reasonable sort of final pass on him. But, you know, very tall, very strong, um, really good tackler and works perfectly as a defensive shield, but is also happy once he's got the ball to break lines and, and run with the ball and he's got the footballing ability to do that. So I I really think that the potential is awesome, but whether it's PSG or Lille or Sumare himself, someone is not yet giving him the chance to really bed into a first team and, and do it on a week-to-week basis. Only once he does that are we really going to see 
if he looks capable of fulfilling that potential. But certainly the very sort of the raw materials are sort of frighteningly good if he can put it all together. Yeah, yeah. He feels like a player to me that he ideally needs a full season in Liga playing week in, week out and then make the big move, kind of like OR, ironically. Or he's a player that someone gets to the end of the transfer window and goes, we haven't quite got player X, so we're going to take it. Not a gamble, but we're going to take a calculated risk on a player with potential rather than a a more of a rounded, finished player that they could get. And that's sort of where I'm sitting on it. Yeah, I mean, you take... Again, not to not to mention Tim Pot clubs, but you take Spurs and Ndombele. And Ndombele exactly. did have that that year yeah. or two's experience, but he also also has sort of. I mean, I think it's probably fair to say kind of growing pains and and in that position that he plays, which isn't completely dissimilar to to what Sumare plays. That is the, unlike what I said about Gabriel. I think that very much is a position where you need to um, you need to give the player time to adjust. Um, the the Premier League isn't necessarily more physical, but it's more sort of frenetic and non-stop than Liga. And in that position where you're expected to be box to box and you know expected to sort of pop up um, attacking or at least supporting the attack one minute and then suddenly sh- um, you know shoot back to protect your defence the next, that takes a while to adjust to and to reach the fitness levels. And you mentioned Arsenal fans and patience. I think Sumare for any any player in that position you need to give them a bit of patience but certainly someone who's barely played at all so I agree with you I think maybe it's a little bit too early it would be a big risk to to bring him in already yeah yeah Leo certainly talking up the idea Gerard Lopez the president uh quoted tonight as saying he's quite impatient to play and that's normal it shows ambition he'll undoubtedly leave the club <laughs> nudge nudge wink wink the door is open uh, we have concrete offers we will talk in the coming days and he said, uh, it depends. In the past, we've had considerable offers from clubs that he did not want to join. Uh, apparently, he was speaking about Newcastle. Bless him. Um, so he's obviously got quite a high opinion of the club he wants to join. So I guess we'll see where that one goes. Just before we wrap up um, this pod, I just want to ask you uh, for, I appreciate it's slightly unplanned, but just a couple of names that will be worth keeping an eye on in, in Liga this season, because I get asked it all the time uh, and the minute, a player has five minutes that are quite good in the yard. Everyone goes, oh, what about signing this guy? Um, so are there sort of three players, preferably young players in the yard, that you're keeping a close eye on this year? I mean, probably the obvious ones, it's, it's not any kind of surprise, but the obvious three to, to keep an eye out for their progress this year are, are Kakare, Cherky and, and Kamavinga. Um Kamavinga is, you know, it's hardly a secret. He's only just turned 17 and he's already, because Pogba had to pull out, but still, he's already in the France squad um, for the first time. He scored a fantastic solo goal at the weekend. Again, he's a, he's a midfielder who looks like he, he truly can do everything. Like a really good defensive midfielder, but also, as he shows, really good atta- um, attacking play as well. Amazing temperament for a 17-year-old. Even his uh, initiation ceremony today did a, a kind of quite cool little rap, which was showed his confidence in front of people sort of twice his age. So, um, I mean, God knows what what his ceiling is. And then Kakare and Cherky, and Kakare is not as flash as as those other two, but as anyone who saw Leon during the Champions League um, will see what what a good player he is. Really intelligent, looks like. You know, gust of wind would blow him over, but he's he's 
you know, he, he stands his ground, he looks after himself, um, tackles well, but of such an intelligent player. And he, in a way, is the sort of natural successor, I think, to Awa, if mm. should he go. Um, and then Cherky, I saw compared him the other day for someone to, to Joe Cole, which mm. um, I did mean, well, I didn't mean it in a complimentary way. What I meant about it was that he's sort of, everyone's making a big fuss about him in terms of um, what, what an amazingly skillful player he is. Um, but I think, you know, showing skills like that and, and a good finish in, in the youth teams is not the same as, as um, really transitioning into a player who, an intelligent player in the first team who, who knows when to keep the ball, knows when to give it, knows when to help the defence out, that kind of thing. So he's another one that, again, if he comes any anywhere near the potential that people are talking about, he's going to be the next Zidane. But I think he's, he's again, people need to give him patience to develop his footballing intelligence. And um, if he can do that, which I don't think Joe Cole necessarily did as well as he should have done. If Cherokee can do that, he's going to be another sort of global superstar. Yeah. So not certainly three not obvious, sorry, not surprising names because they're, they're three that everyone's been talking about for a while, but they really are potential stars. Yeah, yeah. I think the only one I would chuck in alongside those is, is I mean, Guri at Nice, if, if Arsenal fans, who obviously a lot of people follow the Nice because of Patrick Vieira's link, but he's one that's started the season with a bang. I suppose he's quite similar to Cherky in terms of his style of play and, and what he offers. But yeah, I mean... Right, I think he's much more of a just out-and-out centre-forward, even though he says that you know he's got the capability to play as a number 10 and so far he started this season more coming in from the left. I guess maybe Henri Star, you could say. But yeah, he's, his stats at the youth level, goal-scoring stats are just spectacular. And I think even though they've got a sort of add-on um, clause, I think Lyon will really regret not treating him better. And, yeah, uh, they already uh, do, I think, judging by their fan base. Guess yeah. <laughs> how he started the season. If you haven't seen his goal against Lons, do look it up. But uh, yeah, no, no, I completely agree. Um, and by the way, Enzo Lefay, thanks you for not mentioning him. Um, legal papers are being readied as we speak. Uh, for those of you who don't know who that is, Google it, people. Lauren Legend. Anyway, um, but yes, I completely agree. They, they call it the League of Talents for a reason, don't they, Jazz? You know, it's not it's not just a league of... of uh, of, of players that are um, all right. There's a lot of hugely fantastic young developing players and some, you know, some established players. It's, this lad Mbappe is quite decent. He's worth a watch. Um, I've gone yeah. through it so many times. Like, I mean, when you talk about best league in the world or whatever, it depends what, what you're basing it on. What I you mean, like. if you're basing it on bullshit commentary and the sort of self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy and the need to have to justify it by every match talking about how it's the best league in the world, then yeah, the Premier League's the best. But if you're basing it on non-stop producers of, of world-class talent, then League Anne is, is, is much, much more up there and Premier League is a bit of a farmer's league. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you did there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, our, our taste will never change, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, completely agree with that. Um, right, we'll wrap it up there. Just um, where can people find you if they want to follow your? You're much like me. You're very active on the the Twitterverse uh, in terms of uh, Liga news and information. So, where can people find you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Jeremy Smith ninety eight. 
And you can find me usually podcasting either on uh, French Football Weekly or Get French Football News. Good stuff. I've heard the French Football Weekly host is, is a top guy as well, so do listen out for him. Um, but yes, you can do. And uh, for those people who don't know, Jez is, is a keen follower of Brighton. So don't worry, he's not like a Spurs fan or anything like that. Because people always go, oh, who does he support though in England? So, you know, excluding Neil Mopé, which you can't mention for obvious reasons, we can let you off the Brighton. So that's fine. I often get, uh, you can't support Brighton and Mets. How does that work? I'm like, <laughs> When they meet in the Champions League, I'll worry about it. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And hey, Brighton have got one of the best up-and-coming centre-halves in the country in Ben White this season, so um, he'll be one to keep an eye on. But that's for a rainy day. We might, we might even drag you on to a podcast when we play Brighton, actually. That might be an idea. So I'll keep that in the back pocket. Um, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Um, you, I think you did a show with Tom, didn't you, on the Guna Talk as well? So if you want to have a listen to that, that was quite recently. Yeah, so do look that up. Um, we're all for promoting other pods in our in our uh, universe so please do check that out um you can obviously find us at the AFC podcast you know where we live people you wouldn't be tuning into this if you didn't um but my thanks to danny for pressing the buttons in the background and of course thank you to you jess for joining me this evening thanks for having me good stuff and uh you can obviously find me at afc freddy 8 i'm on the twitters if you want to uh hit me up or have an argument with me i'll be nice i promise but uh until the next special when arsenal announce the next of our eight new signings uh we'll keep it fingers crossed until we play fulham in a couple of weeks time there'll be a pod coming soon uh do give us your feedback on this pod if you've enjoyed it let us know and we will speak to you very soon as soon as i scored that goal i was fucking livid splendid business Get down, dog.